Welcome back to the Toffee Blues podcast, your source for all things Everton. My name's Stephen, and in this episode, you can expect the extra time from Everton's 1-0 victory over Chelsea. Me and Owen are joined by James for that one, and then I'm also joined by Owen and Teddy for the rest of the podcast, where you can hear uh, both of their opinions on the Delhi Alley transfer rumours, um, some really unexpected takes from that one. And also, we've got the Everton match preview for uh, the Leicester game. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for all that, and then we've obviously got the quiz at the end of the show. So make sure you stay tuned, and without and uh, also make sure you uh, almost forgot to mention all of the deals over at EvertonDirect.com. Um, and yeah, if you're all ready, let's get into it. I'm joined by James and Owen, and this is going to be the extra time video for Everton's 1-0 win over Chelsea. As you can see, uh, I'm smiling quite a bit, still riding high off the match last night. Um, Owen, I'll come to you first, mate. It's the first clean sheet since since the opening day of the season against Spurs. What did you think of that defensive display? Um, I thought we were fantastic from the first kick of the ball to the last kick of the ball, of course. Every single player from Dominic Carvalhoon up front to Jordan Pickford in goal, everyone's stuck to the task. And everything we've been missing in the week since, probably, probably Liverpool, it came back, but in a different way. It was more of a realisation that there are going to be moments in the season where things are going against you and it has gone against us. There's no question about that. And how do you react to that? And we reacted to it by a different type of performance. It was it was defensive, it was organised. Mm-hmm. We were very our shape was brilliant. Um I, I just I thought Chelsea could have played until this time this time next week and they still wouldn't have got anything um really, really impressed and made it long I think while Dean and Coleman are injured, I think that sort of defensive setup. This has to be the way. Has to be sorted to be the man of the Templar because we haven't got. He obviously doesn't want to play in Conku, which is fine. And then for me, our other sort of right back, Holgate, sorry, Kenny, you know, really for me is in either kind of situations, defensive or attacking. So I would go for that flat back four of sort of defensive sort of solidity. And then Maybe once Dean's back and Coleman's back, we start to become a bit more adventurous. But I think to get us back into that sort of top six reckoning when we're playing lots of top six teams, I think for for now on, I would go to a more pragmatic solution because I think obviously that worked yesterday. It's not going to work against every team Mm because we'll concede the first goal. But I feel like it'll get us a lot more points playing like that. Then yeah, certainly um, I think definitely better than five the back. Yeah, hundred well, percent. That was supposed to be a defensive solution, but it just got his pin back rather than 
us stop pinning them back in a different way. Mm-hmm. It, it, the flat back four works a lot better for. Yeah, I think you made a good point there, Owen. Talking about, um, you know, there'll be times in the season when things don't go for you, and there'll be times in the season when things do go for you. And yesterday was definitely, barring the one VAR decision that went against us, um, which quite rightly did go against us, um, things were going for us yesterday. And I think the commentator made a comment about 20 minutes left that this wasn't going to be Chelsea's day, this was going to be Everton's day. Um, and James, you mentioned there, you know, the four at the back. What did you think of the shape? going into the game yesterday? I was a bit, like, obviously it was concerned. I branded it, of course, Walter Smith FC was alive and kicking. There's what I re- reacted to that team news yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit like, oh, how's this going to be four centre-halves? But it is excellent. It was a, it turned out to be an absolute masterclass. Uh, yeah. Ben Godfrey at left-back really surprised me. I thought he was really solid. Yeah, 100%. And I think Holgate wasn't bad at all at right-back either. Yeah, I think he was a lot of people's man of the match, Ben Godfrey, wasn't he? And I was really impressed with him. Definitely, in my opinion, anyway, is I didn't see the game last week where he played in the same position, but um, it, his best game in an Everton shirt that I've seen him in, I think he was fantastic. Uh, a lot of people's man of the match, and I think that's definitely, um, it's definitely deserved. He was fantastic. Owen, what did you think of Ben Godfrey? I, I, thought, I think, apart from a, a dodgy sort of spell against Southampton, well, um, in the second game, I think he's been excellent every time he's played. I think he's someone who has something that I don't think any of our defenders really have in that sort of a prize and defending. I think, considering he's come from Norwich, who'd love to ship goals, I think he, he sort of got this knack of really wanting to get his body in front of everything. And I think going forward, his attitude to defending and his attitude to the way we've got to sort of get results, I think it's fantastic. I think I couldn't speak more highly of Ben Godfrey because. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's been thrown everywhere since he's come into Evan, different formations, different positions, and he just got on with it. Fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, yeah because... I was he's... very harsh on Ben Godfrey. Yeah. Yeah, I think, obviously, he came into the into the game against Liverpool for his debut, and he was really good. He seems like a player who's going to wear his heart on his sleeve, and I think that's what we need at the moment, isn't it? You know, a player. Yeah, that, I, yeah. think, I think definitely what we've missed in these sort of this spell between where he hasn't quite gone for is I think we've missed a, a character and leads us to sort of say, no, we're not going to get beat at the very least. And I think we played yesterday in what I call a clean sheet mentality that we were going to get a clean sheet and anything else we got was a bonus. And it, mm-hmm. worked, it worked out like that way. I think if. We're playing tough, tough teams. I think with the exception of Arsenal, who are struggling a bit at the moment, I think every other team we're playing coming up rounds of that way is a good side. We like to keep the ball. So we're gonna if we go into them every game until maybe we come out of the FA Cup tie with a clean sheet mentality, we 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 will come into an easier spell of fixtures on paper, of course, but it means nothing. You've got to go and earn it. But I think if we go in with Godfrey's attitude of Keep a clean sheet and we find ourselves in a really strong position coming into the new year where we could yeah. attack maybe European places. Certainly, with the when we looked at it and we were all sort of question is it a five, is it a four, where's Alex Awobi going to play? Um, I was just so impressed with him to come into uh, you know the role at left back being, being right footed as well. Um, obviously, we've got Mason Holgate was on the other side, uh, we've seen him at right back before, um, and I think he had a really good game last night. It was good to see Mason back. Um, 
Yeah, James, I just want to get your thoughts on, on Mason Holgate last night. I thought he was pretty good. I thought it was very solid. I don't think he stood out as much as Godfrey did, but I thought he still like he kept the ball well. He is quite good on the ball. Definitely a good that. player to have fit, isn't he? Oh, great to have him back. Mm-hmm. But for me, the standout player you gave Ben Godfrey, the man of the match, I gave mine and my player ratings yesterday to Michael Keane. I thought he yeah. led that defence last night and he was excellent. Definitely really a standout defender for me. Standout player, one of the standout players this season as well. Sorry, Owen. Yeah. I was going to say, that last night is epitomises Michael Keane's career. I think if you play him in them type, type of systems, them type of games, you look fantastic. Michael Keane look- is a low-block defender. He mm-hmm. is, and I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's essentially what he is. I think Yeri Mean is a low block defender too, because I think you put him ten yards further up the pitch, he crumbles. Together, mm-hmm. I, I said, I said to Terry before the game, he said, "Terry, said, what's going to be your um sort of backbone?" I said, "I'll put Keane and Mina together for this one and play a low block." Because so I think if we need a clean sheet, and we go into it with a clean sheet mentality, them two in a low block is our best route to a clean sheet. And I, I'm. A, that's what ultimately happens. I think ultimately we play like the the value of a clean sheet is so underrated in football because if you get a clean sheet, you can leave with at least a point. I think there's so much made of let's out, outscore the opposition, sort of blow everyone away. But if you get a clean sheet and then you find a moment, you'll win nine times out of ten. Tottenham currently top of the league still with um, that type of mentality. And okay, they drop points today, but they were playing the team who's awkward. So I think if you go into such games with <laughs> with a will to defend, like Holgate, Godfrey, Keane, me and the back four we're talking about here, if we go in with the mentality of what we did yesterday, we'll, mm-hmm. we will be in the upper echelons of the league because it is not a difficult league to be organised in, in terms of most teams. It really isn't. It's look. been a mad season. Yeah, If, you, if you're organised and you've got a bit of a, sort of a, a threat in the final affairs, you'll probably be in the top four or five. And then that, mm-hmm. that's ultimately the way it is. I think teams like Newcastle and Crystal Palace are mid-table. West Ham, even, they're probably the best example. They're in the top five by just having a, a solid defence. Newcastle and Palace, they have, at times, they haven't looked amazing. But they're, they're very solid in mid-table because of the organisation. Yeah, defending's they the majority of the game this game. season, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think, obviously... We'll see what happens in terms of the league and who wins it. But currently in Spain and England, the top, the two teams who are top in both of them leagues, the teams who pride themselves on defending. So we'll see. But I think we're, I think we're all right to say that that back four ultimately was what won us the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. And how much, James, did did Jordan Pickford need that clean sheet? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the whole team needs the clean sheets, all the defenders. But I think Pickford, even yesterday, I mean. I don't think he necessarily did anything outstanding yesterday. He made that one brilliant save from Rich James's shot poster on the post. Other than that, I don't think he did anything outstanding, but he needs that clean sheet for his confidence. And especially, I think he's up against an absolute barrage of uh, media scrutiny, obviously brought on by the Liverpools across the park, who have set out a big witch hunt against him ever since the injury to Van Dijk. And I mean, I've not, he hasn't played well at times both before and after that incident, but I think he's getting a lot of unfair criticism ever since that. Yeah, and I think he really needed that, didn't he? Because, as you said, obviously, there's been a a, a massive, um, a lot of con- controversy surrounding him. His, his confidence has obviously dropped, but it was good to see him back to his best there. Another player that a lot of people have been 
raving about on Twitter is Alan. Oh, and I'll come to you because, um, you know, how good was, was Alan yesterday? Yeah, I, I thought he really set the tempo. I thought he, whilst he defended and protected the back four, well, I thought there was other times where he took the pressure off and got us up the pitch. Mm-hmm. Really underrated, I think. A lot of people who went in the game said he looks better seeing him in real time, sort of watching him in the ground than he actually was, you see on the TV, because of how he sort of organises the team. So, yeah, I think I've been a big fan of Alan since he come in. I think he's played pretty well in pretty much every game. Though I'm not yeah. sure about his first for 30 minutes against Burnley last week. But apart from that, I thought he's been really good. And I thought he was really good yesterday. Next to Corey, who I'm also a big fan of, and also played very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Alan. I I like the way how he started recently, more and more to carry the ball when he gets it. Um, there was a few times last night where the Chelsea players let him have it, and he and because you know they obviously thought he's a destroyer, he's probably going to pass it sideways or backwards, and he just he just turned his 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 head and ran straight for the goal, which I really admire because we've seen it a lot with Everton midfielders recently. There is sometimes an inability to, you know, look for a positive pass. Um, hmm. And I think well, Alan... Carry the ball, certainly carry yeah, the ball. You know, carry the ball. I think there was... We haven't had a real good ball carrier since probably Andre Gomez in his first season. And he's obviously... He I'd, argue the, since, I'd argue since Ross Barkley, myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say Andre Gomez was the best example there. But okay. Yeah. I think he sort of came back. He, he came on for like a wouldn't call that a cameo, but he did make an appearance last night, Andre Gomez, and I thought he was he was good. I think he helped us see the game out. James, what do you think of that? Yeah, I I gave, I gave him an extra uh, 0.5 on his rating just for the fact that he took the ball on the corner flag and rattled their players a bit. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the one thing he has got. He is good at the dark arts, Andre Gomez, and like, I do like that about him. He, like, he is good at holding on to possession. And you know, we, yeah, he, he did look the way he was running around. Now, he did look like he'd played three games in a week, he was only on yeah. 10 minutes. He, looked no, like he, he looks like that every time I see him, to be fair. He's like, it's, it's he's technically very good, but physically, he's been appalling since to be injury. fair. He didn't get dribbled nine times, wasn't when he was on. I think he, he, he at least um, stuck to the task. He's got taken yeah. short corners as well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I well. We're talking about Andre Gomez. I'd much rather talk about Gilfie Sigurdsson because I thought mm-hmm. Gilfie Sigurdsson was fantastic last night. But yeah. I'm not a fan of Sigurdsson because what he's given in the last year or so. But but last night, I thought he was brilliant. I thought his set pieces were, were really good. I thought normally his set pieces go right into the hands of the goalie, but he didn't last night. He was really good. I thought he worked hard. He pressed well. Yeah. I'd say it's probably his best performance for a couple of years. I said yesterday it was his, in my reaction. It was his best performance for Everton. Oh, he had a couple of good ones against Cardiff once, didn't he? I think. Apart from that, <laughs> I remember he scored a peach against Swansea. I think it was in his first season. Yeah, no, he scored some worldies, but that was the best all-round performance I've seen from him. Like where he's actually thrown his weight around, put in a proper Everton performance, if you like, mm-hmm. and then also got the match winner, which you can never complain about, so even if it is from the spot. Yeah, of course. I, mean, and I think the captain's armband helped him. I think. Yeah, that he really rattled a lot of people when they saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I, I, my my reaction was, we look like we need leaders to win this game. We've gone for the most passive player in the squad to be captain, but to be fair to him, I thought he, he was brilliant, of course. If he, I think that role really suits him. I think when he's played for Evan, he's been playing a bit deeper. 
sort of playing as a midfield. And I, th- I think the game passes them by in that role. But I think if you play him in the number ten, it can re- it really it can really help him because I, f- I think that's his role, isn't it? I think that's where he played for Swansea, where he played for Silver, and I think mean, they're probably his best moments. Yeah. I haven't really played in the number ten, so I think as long as he plays there, he should be fine. Yeah, and talking on his penalty as well, um, it was one of those penalties. It was it was a rubbish penalty if the keeper saves it, but it's a great one if, if it goes in. Was I the only one who was adamant he would miss? So was I. I, I wasn't thought he was very, gonna miss. Yeah, I wasn't very positive when he when when even when even when it was given, I was a bit nervous. I wanted it to give to Dom, but yeah. I've interest. What's you? What's your guys like? Take of on the whole Richardson trying to take the pen situation. Well, I mean, he scored one against Palace, so I, think, I, think, did, did, I don't. I don't. I, did Gilpy miss the last couple he had before that? I think he's missed a couple, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he scored against Leicester at the end of last season, but before that, he had missed a, quite a few chances. So on that on that basis, I wouldn't have. I'm, I think Richarlison probably would have missed considering the night he had in front of goal, but um, Gilfie took it, no no frills in the corner, 1-0, and I think it really helped us from then on in. So I, I don't really like players taking penalties off other players who are designated penalty takers because I don't think they ever seem to sort of work out. But never works out. We saw the Walkman incident recently in Morales. Yeah. But yeah. what I really loved about what I really loved about this, we were bigging Allen up before, but he went over and just went Hey, pack it in. He's yeah. taking it. And yeah, like, the commentator made, made, made a good note of that, that it was taken away from Richarlison and he took the ball out from under his arm and gave it to Sigurdsson. Um, to be honest, if it weren't going to be Sigurdsson who took it, and obviously he's the designated penalty taker, I'd rather have Don took it. So I think he's good at pens and I think he's our striker and he's best in front of goal at the moment. So if anyone was going to confidence take Confidence is higher than Richarlison's. Yeah, and if anyone was going to take it off him, I'd rather have been Don, but Sigurdsson took it and he scored so no complaints from me. There's no complaints and there's, for me there should be plenty of plaudits for Alan because I think that's another example of his real leadership that he's bringing to this team. You know, we didn't have anyone back in 2015 when Morales acted up you know, to defuse the situation and I think Alan really did that like a proper leader yesterday. So He just sort of said, he just, well, just was... calmed it all down, asserted his authority, told everyone how it is and let Sigurdsson go ahead and take it. Well, in that Everton team we're talking about, there was no leaders like that. They were all quiet, quietened by the manager who didn't like leaders by all accounts. So I'm not surprised that Morales was allowed to take that. But I think Alan yesterday stood up and thought, no, we've got a penalty taker here. So but do we have a designated penalty taker considering we don't get many penalties? I, don't <laughs> I think remember. it's Luca Dean, isn't it? Whenever... You know, obviously, well, I don't remember Dean ever taking Dean's one. Never, never took one. It was always oh, Baines until he retired. So I just assume that if he was in the team, he'd take the the the, the penalties or, or Richarlison. But obviously, I'd imagine Hammers must be high up the pecking order now. Mm. Yeah, I would think so. I imagine, I imagine this is a this is a conversation that's born out of a team that doesn't get many penalties. When you don't know who's the penalty taker. <laughs> well, this is it. This is probably that, that's probably our offer penalty for this season. We've already had one earlier on in the season. I mean, we can't be. He was going to give us another one. Sure. He really did find something, even if we weren't offside. The other found something not to give us two penalties in the game. <laughs> and obviously, you mentioned there, Owen, about um, about Dominic Calvert Lewin. 
you thought he, he might have might have taken the penalty. How good is he now? Would you would you put him at the top of the of the packing order in terms of how good he is in terms of the strikers in the league? I think he's one of the best in Europe. I I, I, I think I, as, as I keep saying, I've been a big big fan of Calvert-Lewin for a long time. I think since his Man City performance, I've, I've really I've really been a big fan of his. He's grown over the time, and I look at him now and I look at other strikers. And I don't see many better than Dominic Alvaloon at the moment in front of goal, hold up play in our box, defending corners. He's he, he's he's a top top striker. Let's say I, I right said team. I said this in my reaction yesterday that he is one of the best in Europe. Maybe not necessarily as a finisher. He's not that kind of Lukaku S player who's going to score out of nothing. But he's the best all round centre forwards about at the moment. Yeah. But maybe top, Harry Kane. Yeah, I mean, he, he does so much with the ball except score, I think, and he's added that into his game and he's made it he's made it like an obvious part of it that he wants to contribute to, you know, whoever's going to make the pass. Him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I really, I really do hate saying this when we're talking about players, but if he was, if he were, if, if, his number, if, if we wanted to sell him, we would be getting a lot of money for him because he's unbelievable. He, he'd be someone out. As he signs a new contract, I'll be giving them another one. Yeah, no, he, he got one in the summer. Yeah, I yeah. remember the, it was a made a big deal of that he had signed a new contract and people were happy about it because he finished the season last season really well and um, under Ancelotti, and I think people were really happy to see him get yeah. a new deal, you know, tie him down because he's going to be a really important... And it's, he's a leader think, as well, isn't he? He's, he's, I dread to think where we'd be with... He's a proper Everton player. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I dread to think... If if we didn't have Dominic Calvert Lewin this season, I don't I don't like to think about where we'd be because the amount of important goals he's got. Um, well, I, just, I think this is the moment where we bring up that Marco Silva wanted to sort of loan him out and bring Mario Mandzukic into the football club. So that shows how much Bella knows about football, isn't he? he? Had an elite striker under his nose, and he wanted a thirty-nine-year-old wherever striker from Juventus. Good luck, Marco. How's the new job going? It isn't because you haven't got one. Yeah. And that is going to be it for this one, guys. Today I'm joined by Owen and Teddy, and this is going to be another Should We Sign video. Um, the featured player today is Delhi Ali. It's come out in the news recently that Everton are looking into a loan move for him. Um, first of all, hello if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to it on the podcast. If you're on YouTube and you didn't know, we do have a podcast. It's available on all your favourite podcast providers, Spotify, iTunes, any of them, um, where you can also hear everything we talk about in these shows and also the special quiz that Terry has the privilege of hosting at the end of every show. But let's get straight into it, guys. I'll go to you, Owen, first. Um, Deli Ali, what's your first impressions? Would you take them? Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I think this is this is a deal that I'm surprisingly pushing. The more I think about it, I think he'd be perfect. And now I've said a million times, we don't necessarily are crying out for an attacker midfielder. But I think if you add someone of Delhi Ali, you give him a role. You've got someone like Ancelotti around and giving them confidence to play. I I think if you if you give him a role you could and get a tune also I think I think he'd be a fantastic buy I think I'd get him on a loan initially in January yeah. and then 
in the summer if he if he was to become available and we liked him and he liked the club. Yeah, I I would take Deli Ali all day because I think he offers something that's really rare in footballs. A midfielder who can score goals. I'm sure he's put twenty goals up in the season before. I think if we could get this one done, I, I don't think people are expecting me to say yes to Deli Ali, but yeah, I'd much rather have Deli Ali than Nisco personally. But we'll we'll seeing see him, what. Seeing how well he works with Harry Kane as well, I think it would it could we could really strike up a, a partnership between him and Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, Teddy, yeah. I'll get, I'll ask you the same question, mate. What what do you think of, of Deli Ali? Would you take him? It's a hard no from me um, for, <laughs> for a couple of reasons. <laughs> First and foremost, um, they're not going to sell him to us and he'll, they might loan him, but they wouldn't sell him to us. So we'd be taking on a player who would be going back to spares at the end of any loan because the price tag, even if they were willing to sell him to us, would be astronomical because he's an English player with a high profile. So, you know, we'd be looking at 40 million territory. So there's that straight away. I don't think it's realistic. Secondly, where does he play? We play 4-3-3. He plays best as a number 10 off a striker, as, as Owen said with Harry Kane. He's had his best uh, his best games, but we don't play like that. Certainly not consistently. In our two prepared formations would be under car would be first it was 4-4-2, now it's 4-3-3. No space for him in either of them. And thirdly, this is a little bit, you know, I expect a bit of pushback on this, but you know, after watching watching the the Spurs documentary, uh, the All or Nothing, it doesn't strike me as the type of character who you know we need brought into the club. Like he, mm-hmm. Mourinho has got him sussed straight away. He doesn't work hard. He's not one who um, who puts it in in training, which is we know Carlo likes. It's how he bases the uh, team selection at the weekend as who's putting it in training. Mourinho pulls him up straight away. You see times when he's coming in at half time or after games and he's he's petulant, he's childish, he's you know, he's not one for you know pulling with the team, he's he's more about himself. And I don't want more of that in the club. I don't want another one of those players. We've got players like that already, but we don't want another one to come in and you know, when the chips are down, he doesn't fight, he just starts pointing the finger at everyone else. You want you want more players like Alan in the team who are willing to, you know, battle and scrap and fight. Yeah. So for me, Deli Ali, there's, there's just there's just a, a no for me. Does I think he's a decent yeah. player? Yeah, I do think he's a good player in the right team um, who can get the best out of him, but he's not doing it for Mourinho, so I don't think Ancelotti will have any effect either. Um, he's just not for me, not for Everton. I not think not a good point yeah, there, Teddy, about the, the All or Nothing documentary. That strikes me as something that, that I picked up on as well when I seen the links. Is that uh, Mourinho described him as a terrible trainer, that he's awful in training. He described him a bit more than that. Yeah, he did, didn't he? The amount of swearing Jose Mourinho does in that documentary is unbelievable. Um, but obviously, as you mentioned there, would they sell him to us at the end? And is, is there a point getting him on loan for half a season if he's not going to be? And if he does play well, are we going to be able to get him on on, on a permanent? Because a Tottenham going to want to sell him to us. Is he going to come to us permanently? He's also linked with a move to PSG, which is something we've seen in like n- numerous transfer windows. I was reading before that this is like the fourth time they're interested in him in the last four windows. So it's still up in the air where he's going. Um, uh, there's Harry Winks there as well, who's been linked in the same in the same breath as him. Um, do you think that's a better option? 
No, I know what I'm saying sounds really controversial about Dali Ali, but I think I just see something there that I think we could tap into. I, I don't expect this deal to happen. I don't expect Evan to be interested, but I, I do look at this and think if we if we can get a tune out of him, he, he's a player that could really lift us. And I, I did watch that all, all or nothing documentary, and he did, he did strike me as a bit of a uh, let's just say not brilliant character, but. I think he's also someone he could be a really good character to have around as well because he seems like he cares about results and all I mean that that's just that's just the way I took it. But he obviously yeah. Pochettino got a tune out of him, so Yeah. And he, we... he's, he's not like he's not Lingard where he's just a bad patch. If he comes to us on loan and we could get a deal done for him, then I would be interested in this one. But like I said, I can understand why Terry wouldn't want him, but I, I think this is a deal that, to me, it it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense, if you know what I mean. It, it isn't a deal that I would have said. If you said name 10 midfielders we were going to buy, I wouldn't name Deli Ali as one. It's one that could happen, but when it, when I saw it the other day, I thought, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a FIFA career mode sort of signing, doesn't it? Something that you'd never do in real life. That it just that it ends up pulling through because you've offered that much money. Um, we did a vote on Twitter. We we asked a simple question: Would you have Deli Ali at Everton? Um, out of three thousand three hundred votes, uh, it was a sixty-six to thirty-four swing in yes. Uh, so a lot of people on your side there, Owen. Terry, you've obviously made some good points, and I'd say. Uh, from the two of you, I'm, I, I'm siding with Terry a bit more, I think. I, I, I don't know, especially with the amount of midfielders we've got, Decoray Allen, I think, and, and the potential of us signing on a permanent deal and attacking midfielder in January, someone like Luis Alberto, Isco, someone like that. I do think there is better options. Yeah, I, and that one's another one that's, that's split opinion. Um, I do, and obviously, you know, at 24 years old, you mentioned that as as he's a young player, but he's as Terry said, I can't see him signing on on us for the six year deal. I can see him coming to us on loan to try and get it back in the England squad. And um, that may be so, but yeah, go on, Owen. Sorry, I'm saying that that might be so, but I, I think you, there's so many of these signs you look and think, oh, this isn't going to work. He's just here to favour his career, and then he'll leave. He'll be alone, but I. I this is I I look at our midfielders I look at Alan Decore and I look at them as starters but then there's about five of them I just look I just wouldn't give the time of day and I think if you could give Deli Ali like like how we played on Saturday we had two banks of four and we had number ten no I I would probably say we do that with Deli Ali in that role I think that like could work but it's not you said sixty six percent people said yes I'm really surprised but that was a thought to be a hard no from most people I'm but, I was surprised with it as well. I, hope, um, but yeah. I don't expect this deal to happen, but it's a deal that I would welcome. Listen, yes. he's he's miles he's miles better than any of our similar players. Like he's absolutely, you know, he, you know he, he pisses on Sigurdsson. I know Sigurdsson has a good game against Chelsea, but like he pisses on the, the likes of him from a great height. But the likes of Sigurdsson, the likes of it will be. All right, so Wobie's come into a little bit of form. We're changing their position to suit our system. We're playing Sigurdsson, apart from the last game, which is the outrider, the outlier. Um, we're playing him as a 
centre midfielder rather than a 10. We're playing a Wobi as a right midfielder at the minute or a right wing back rather than as a 10. We don't play 10s. We've got several 10s or 10 type players in the team. So we end up bringing in Deli Ali. If you forget me other points about, you know, the realist, the realism aspect of it, of them letting us have a player like that, us being able to afford them. We were bringing him in and, be, and then be immediately trying to change his position to find a place for him in the team. So yeah. for me, it's just it's just a wrong on all levels. It's not about the quality of Deli Ali. It's just a terrible, terrible fit for me. And this is off topic, but I tell you, midfielder, I love everything. John McGinn. <laughs> yeah. He probably he could work. Him. He could work well in in a midfield he, for us, and he's good for Aston Villa as well. I mean, I'd much prefer to spend some money on John McGinn, but. Mm-hmm. You said but, you said then, Stephen, about Harry Harry Winks. Sorry, just, um, like Harry Winks. He hasn't got. I, I pulled up three three issues I've got with Deli Ali. He hasn't got, you know, the attitude issue or where would you play him? But he still has the can you afford and would the loaners to him type, you know, question. And that's again for me, no. I'd have him. I think he'd be good in our team, but they wouldn't let us have him, and we wouldn't be able to afford him because they'd be like, we want big money for him because Tottenham aren't soft. They don't sell low. No, of course, Jose Mourinho's no, not a soft man either. Yeah. No. Um, no, no, I don't see any of them deals happening. But yeah, it it, it really it, it intrigues me. me to be honest, because uh, because I covered Harry Winks on the news report, and that's one I can probably see happening because it's happened similarly in years when we've signed players like um, like signed you know a lot of players from Man United like Schneiderlin comes to mind, players like that where teams above oh, us. I think they're both sold, better than Yeah, where, where teams above us have sold. Midfielders who were slightly under down in the pecking order to us. Um, I can see Harry Wings happening, but Deli Ali, that one really confused me. It feels a bit more like Ali's asked for a move and Everton have stated a bit of interest in him. Do you know what I mean? Look, I'd be really, really shocked if we've bought Deli Ali, but it intrigues me, let's just say. Yeah, it's definitely a confusing one, but that's going to be it for this one, guys. Just a short uh, video about Deli Ali. It was good to get. Two different perspectives on it as well. And now for those who are listening via the podcast, we come again to the Toffee Blues quiz at the end of the show. We've got, of course, another starting lineup quiz between Stephen and Owen. It is, as expected, a former clash between Leicester City and Everton. And this week's lineup will be from the 9th of April 2017 when Ronald Koeman was manager. Oh, yeah. Goodison yeah, Park. Park, the score was 4 2 to the Toffees. So, what I'm going to do is, nice and prepared this time, get a coin to flip to decide who will go first. So, anyway. I remember this game. Yeah. Right. And as the newer of the two contestants, Stephen, if you can call heads or tails, please. Oh, I'll, have, <laughs> I'll have it tails for this one thing. It is heads. So, Owen, you uh, decide whether you want to go first or second. Sorry, Stephen, I'm going first because that's the way it is. No problem. Have your first player, please, Owen. Oh, And I'm going to start both. off by... Before, just before you do it, I need to bring in the intense quiz music. Oh, of course. <laughs> there it is, the intense quiz music. I do apologise, Owen. 
Please continue. <laughs> I'll never get over Weatherman Terry. Hey, Weatherman voice. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to start off with the um, Scouts Berezi of Matty Pennington. Matty Pennington did, in fact, play the game as a starter. I can't believe I would not have guessed that one. I remember he had a spell in the team because he scored an Anfield in that season. Well, we're shaking now, Stephen. He's got one he wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought of that one. I've got to be fair. Um, Alright, I remember this game because I remember I went for a steak pie right before kickoff and I missed the first goal. And I remember the goal scorer was Tom Davis. Tom Davis did in fact play and scored in the first minute. So I hope yeah. that steak pie was puffy and delicious. Best steak pie I've ever had, Teddy. Good job it was because you missed the goal. Right, let's say one all. I'm going for his sister, Kevin Morales. Chicken lad. <laughs> Kevin Morales did start the game. Steven? Alright. Uh... Romelu Lukaku. Of course, around this time it was a rare game indeed if Romelu Lukaku didn't play. This was not one of those games where he did not play. He did play, score of two on Everton's four goals. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley also played, started. Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines did play, started the match and was booked. There we go. Um, Joel Robles. Joel Robles did in fact play, started between the sticks for Everton on this game. I was unsure because I think that was when we signed Stefanberg, wasn't it? And I wasn't sure if it was him or... or... Joel played second half the season. Yeah. Um, game, did... Oh, Phil Jagielka. Phil Jagielka also started the game and was the scorer of the other Everton goals. We've got all four goals accounted for now. Mm. Morgan Schneidlin. Morgan Schneidlin did start the game. This was in that horrendous period of time where he was a good player, but he was wearing the number two shirt. So it's still horrendous. Oh. We have Midfield. Why do we put out the slowest teams ever? Pennington, Schneider. <laughs> Remember last week's quiz? Antolin Alcaraz was the answer to one of them as well. I'm one sure they picked sure yeah. pick games with the most obscure centre backs to play. All right. Who was playing? Who was playing last week? Centre Ross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Now well, we've got so one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine starters we've got, which means we've got two more starters and one sub. This is a tough one. Did we only make one sub? Yeah, apparently. It's like, yeah, one sub. Not, I can't remember, because obviously you saying Matty Pannington there, Owen. I can't remember if this was before or after or during Seamus Coleman's bad leg injury. I can't remember if it was this season or the next season. So I don't know if if Pennington would have like started at right back or something. I'm really not sure. Um having someone who might have played. Did Gareth Barry play? Oh that one's gone in off the post. Gareth Barry came off the the substitute Ooh. player, so you've got two more starters. In off the post. <laughs> <laughs> either way that 
Um, now this is where it gets tricky. So Barkley played, Shania Evans played. There's got to be another midfielder that counts as four three. So I'm going to play down with and go with Drissa Garnagay. Drissa Garnagay did start in midfield. One more player left until we start going to tiebreakers, which I haven't decided what is yet. But we'll see if we. Or did you prepare for? <laughs> is it one more starter, you said? One more starter of the game, yeah. Cooming the dinosaur, one sub. Can't remember if this was Seamus Coleman's injury period or not. Um, so we've got... It's got to be a right... It's got to be right back or centre-half. There's only said Jaggy Elford and... Okay. Stones had gone to City by then. Um, Ashley Williams. Ashley Williams did not play. Congratulations to Owen for winning this week's uh, quiz. I'll just briefly run down the other why, players. Why was Cumin not playing Ashley Williams there? He loved the guy. Must have been he injured. Was the bench. Oh, yeah, was. Was. No, he was suspended. He was suspended. He put his hand on the line the game before against Manu. Ah, uh, Manu, yeah. He saved, made a great save. Yeah, the rest of the Everton bench, obviously, we had Gareth Barry uh, who came on. For Morgan Schneiderlin, we had Enna Valencia, Martin Stecklenberg, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Adam Ola-Luckman, John Joe Kenny and Joe Williams. Just to think, we had a future fantastic striker on the bench there and Enna Valencia did not get on. <laughs> because my uh, audio, the audio content I consume lately is Sean Dice Cream and Go On Woody, I'm going to let Stephen choose the, um, the song that he's been preparing for this all day. Oh, do you know what? I was just thinking about it before in case I won. <laughs> Go on, see, I'll let you choose because I listened to about four songs and named three of them on my previous wins. <laughs> Your Spotify rat is just a blank sentence. The last post. <laughs> Your Spotify rap couldn't even... It was the smallest Spotify rap in history. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, well, thanks for that, Owen. Uh Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. I'm gonna go for. Brilliant, big fan of that song. Can you give us a little reason why you've had all day to think about this and you've managed to get it on? Um, we usually have a little bit of why that song is, well, even if it's a simple like that song. Well, uh, I'm covering it. We're covering it in our in our band. We've been rehearsing it all week, so I know it's tied out by now. That's just good enough. That's the reason that I usually give. I usually just give it because I've looked through Spotify because I never expect to win. But yeah, yeah. So Teddy normally takes about five minutes to name something while we talk amongst ourselves. Yeah, pretty much. But that's it. That's it for this week. As we see you out with the uh, the dulcet tones of the Rolling Stones <laughs> to <run>. um, <laughs> Devil and uh, yeah pleased to meet you hope you guessed my name my name is Carlo Ancelotti come on
on you, Blues. Thank you very much for listening to the Toffee Blues. That was potentially the worst, most awkward outro I've ever done. So I'm sure the Toffee Blues job won't be having me host the quiz again. Not just for that, but for my weatherman voice. Yeah, it's where the man voice is something that needs to be detected at all costs. It's actually. <laughs> Thanks for listening on the Topic Blues. You Thank guys. you very much for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Ta-ra.
Let's <laughs> go.